Welcome to Quality Time, a Houston Methodist leading medicine podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Shlomi Chal, clinician scientist and a retina specialist, and I serve as the chief physician executive of Houston Methodist, located in the world-renowned Texas Medical Center. I passionately believe that quality is the heart of healthcare. Just as a healthy heart is essential for our bodies, a commitment to quality is essential for every healthcare system. Join us every month as we discuss the latest advancement in our understanding of quality in healthcare with clinicians, researchers, physicians, industry experts, and thought leaders who are as passionate as I am. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Kelly Proctor. He is the president of DNV Healthcare. He is responsible for all its healthcare accreditation and certification services, as well as the general operation of the healthcare division of the largest certification body in the world. Tell us a little bit about DNV and about yourself. Thank you. Uh, yes, that's correct. We are the largest certifying uh, organization in the world. Uh, we've, we took that about five years ago when we merged with another company and uh, we, we certify ships, aviation, oil and gas, energy, automotive, manufacturing. We're in all kinds of areas, but we've been in healthcare since 2008 in the U.S. And uh, it's been a growing business since we started in 2008 and we're delighted that you're one of our clients. So what does it mean, you know, for our listeners, what does it mean certifying? What do you actually do? Well, with healthcare, we're, we're providing an, an accreditation. So CMS requires that uh, hospitals and healthcare organizations have accreditation either through CMS themselves or through an accreditation organization. And we're one of four or five accreditation organizations, and we're the second largest accreditation organization in the U.S., uh, we're growing at a rapid rate, but we go in and we audit hospitals for quality, safety. Uh, we, we audit to what we call the NIAHO standards. And What's that? That is our own accreditation standards from DNV. They're a mix of the uh, CMS conditions of participations and the Code of Federal Regulations. And then we add some stuff to it, and that becomes our standard that the hospitals follow and meet when we audit them. So basically, the standard is really to hold healthcare systems and hospitals to high quality of care. So explain to us a little bit more about how we measure quality. What does it mean? How do we measure? How do you guys come and uh, do the, your certification and accreditation process? That's great because with DMV Healthcare, we have a portion of our accreditation that we call ISO 9001. That's an international quality management standard that forces organizations to think about risks. And in healthcare, as we know, there's a lot of risks. So implementing ISO 9001 certification is a part of the actual healthcare accreditation that we provide. So you mix the quality with uh, what you're already doing, and our process is to give the hospital or the organization the freedom to meet those standards the way they want to meet them. What does that mean, the way they want to meet them? Okay, so that, that's a good question because 
you can meet the standards however you need to. Unless the standard gets prescriptive, then you have to follow that prescription. So give me an example. So if, if you've got something that you're working on and it works well for you, but it's like outside the box thinking, as long as it's safe, effective, and legal, you can do that. And legal means you're meeting those requirements. Any example, practical example that you can think of that just to make it clear to our listeners? My background is in facilities and engineering. Uh, we've seen a few hospitals who will take medical equipment that has been used and not cleaned yet, and they'll put a black trash bag on it. There's no standard that says you have to do that. However, if that works for you, it's safe, effective, and legal, then continue to work, continue to do that. It's working for you. Why change it? Because if you're not having any negative outcomes and you're not having equipment messed on being cleaned and it's working, then proceed forward with that. Uh, how often do you come uh, to these hospitals and, you know, kind of uh, do your audit? How often that, that, does that happen? Generally speaking, we, we come every single year. All of our competition comes every three years. That's one of the differentiating factors between us and our competition. Uh, the annual surveys are to keep you ready and to improve patient outcomes because on a triannual survey where you're coming every three years, if you're, if you're in the window six months before you know the accreditation starts, you start getting ready for it. You ramp up, then you have the accreditation survey, then you go right back to doing things the way you were doing them for two and a half years. So we come annually and that keeps you more ready, one, for the survey, and it keeps you more on top of your patient outcomes and your quality program. So you're, you're forced to really be on top of that quality program at all, all times thinking about risks. So is there a date, specific date that you come? Let's say if we, I'm a hospital, do I know when you're coming? No. All of our surveys are unannounced. CMS requires that all accreditation organizations show up at the hospitals unannounced. So when you come unannounced, how are you greeted? With fear? With uh, excitement? <laughs> well, I, that depends because if it's a hospital that's new to DNV, they, they're pretty nervous. But after they've been through a couple of surveys, they start to settle down and realize that we're non-punitive and we're here to help. We're here to help with patient outcomes. We have a job to do. But doing that job doesn't mean we have to be rude or punitive or anything like that. We can come in and uh, build a team relationship and do our job effectively and deliver the message, whether good or bad or indifferent, and uh, leave. And, and so how you, you, after you do the survey, you have recommendations, right? I mean, there's always recommendation. You always find something that could be better. So how do you hold the hospital accountable for these changes? When we come in, we are going to find recommendations or we call them nonconformities, uh, things that you're doing wrong. When we show up, we're really here to see what all you're doing right. But in that process, we're going to find things you're doing wrong. So we will tell you about that and we'll assign a level of criticality to each one of those nonconformities. So our lowest level is a nonconformity to or an NC2, and that's where you've got policies in place, procedures in place, and for the most part, you're doing everything right. Just have a little hiccup and miss something, we find it, we write an NC2. The next level up is a condition level, I'm sorry, the next level up is a NC1. 
And that's where you've got a policy that's wrong or the lack of a policy or a process that for the most part you're doing wrong. So when we identify that, we write an NC1. And then the next level up from that is a condition level. And that's where the conditions are right, where mistakes could be made that could harm or hurt a patient or staff or anyone in the hospital. And once we do our accreditation survey, we will give you a, a closing meeting where we'll tell you what we identified. And then within uh, 10 business days, we'll provide you with a report that identifies all those nonconformities and the standards that were not met. And you've got 10 calendar days to respond to us with a corrective action plan. And then once we get that, we'll evaluate that and get back with you on how we're going to proceed forward. Fantastic. So you've been doing this uh, since 2008. And in all the hospitals that you surveyed since then in the United States, how many, by the way? Well, it's according to what information you're looking at, because some hospitals have one CMS number, CCN number for all their campus, different hospitals. But uh, altogether, we, we're in about 820 hospitals around the country. All states? Not, uh, we've, we've got some states we're not in yet. We're still working on that. So but you are uh, I'm Texas. really pushing for that. Hawaii right now. Uh, <laughs> so. Hawaii. Okay. You want to go there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me too. I would just say in all these hospitals since 2008, have you seen improvement in the level of care over time? In my opinion, I have. And I go back to what the government was posting in 2009 or so that about 275,000 people a year were being harmed in hospitals or killed in hospitals. And now that number is being reported at about 99,000. So it's definitely going down. And I think a lot of that has to do with the accreditation process and, and looking at risks, uh, some changes that CMS has made, some very positive changes in the way they reimburse depending on outcomes and survey results and stuff like that. So I, I definitely see a difference. So I recently read a more than 50 pages document that DNV published about high reliability organizations. Actually, many people are now reading it at Houston Methodist. I'm curious if you can ex explain what is high reliability? Why did you publish that? How do you do? I know you have a certification process for high reliability, which I think only one hospital is really certified in this country uh, at the present time. We've now got two hospitals. We just we were just able to start selling at the end of last year the collaborative high reliability. And uh, we've partnered with uh, a different another organization to help do that. They provide the consulting services. We provide the actual audit and the certification at DMV. We're not allowed to audit our own work, so we can't consult. So that's, that's one separation in the collaborative high reliability. But this is to uh, show the world that this hospital or this healthcare organization uh, has gone deeper and done more and went above and beyond on their safety, their quality, and what they're doing and how they report it and how they respond to different things. So the collaborative high reliability program is something that we, we noticed was uh, really being asked for in our hospitals and uh, so just, what is high reliability what does it mean to our listeners you know some of them may not know yeah becoming more uh systematic looking at processes that could fail uh when when you when you grab a process and you want to do a deep dive into it you really do a deep dive 
you don't just look at parts of it and say, well, if we fix this, it's going to be okay. Well, you got to look at it and say, why haven't we fixed this before? What are the outcomes that's going to happen if we don't fix this? And it's doing the deeper dive more than you would do if you were doing just a basic risk assessment on it. Uh, but, but trying to bring everything in so you're consistent, your staff is all consistent, their processes are consistent, um, everything being equal with, with the whole process that you've got in place. So it's, it's really just showing the world that, hey, we're, we're looking at everything at a higher level than we have in the past. And, and so we're it's about standardization of processes and it's about education. Is it about culture as well? It is about culture um, because you have to have that buy-in with, with, with everyone in, in the facility. So, and it starts at the top with leadership. I read in your uh, document that you say just culture. What does that mean? Just culture is being there and being fair with all your staff and everyone who's employed by you, having the right tools for them to do their job, giving them the freedom to uh, do their job without obstructions and hassles and stuff like that. Um, there's, there's so many pieces to just culture. It's, it's just on the rise. It's something that um, we've got to do for all the people in the hospital and just getting that recognition out there that everyone has a place and what are they going to do in their place and how are they going to be treated and, and things like that. So it's about how we treat our own employees and how we treat each other each within other. a health care system. I actually thought that the just culture is really the opposite of a blame culture where, you know, you, if something bad happens and unfortunately, as you mentioned, still people are harmed in healthcare systems across the country and the world, something bad happens. We don't find, we don't look for somebody to blame. We look really for a process that the system failed and we collaboratively explore why we failed as a system rather than look for a person and say, okay, you did it wrong. Next time, don't do it. I think that's a, that's a very good point and that's a great way of explaining it because we're all humans. We're going to make mistakes. But why did we make that mistake? Usually it's because of a process failure, something we've overlooked, uh, something we've been doing forever. We've always done it that way. And finally, a mistake happened that was costly. You know, it's, um, someone told me recently that you, uh, you drive 82 times intoxicated before you get caught or have an accident. So, yeah, that's scary, isn't it? So it's kind of like what you're talking about. We're going to do something uh, the same way over and over, but if it's the wrong way of doing it and we've been doing it that way forever, eventually there's going to be a negative outcome or yeah. a failure. So something that is fascinating about healthcare is that it's continuously advancing. It's continuously changing. You know, I'm not doing as a surgeon anything that I was trained to do because surgery and I'm an ophthalmologist, ophthalmologist has evolved. Medicine has evolved. We have more technology, different procedures. We have more medications and we understand more about the pathology, immunology, virology, everything we know more. And this is actually growing very fast. How does DNV keeps with this really uh, uh, exponential, exponential growth 
in medical knowledge. It's a little bit different maybe than certifying ships, maybe. It's a lot different than certifying ships. Uh, how our processes are, are the same in both industries. But medical is growing so fast. The technology is changing, it seems like, daily. So we have to stay on top of the education that we provide, that we provide our staff and make sure that they're attending the right conferences, the right educational opportunities. And not only that, when they do that, they come back and they have to share that with other staff especially our surveyors, because they're out there, they're the ones that are checking the hospitals. And if they're not up to date with the most current stuff and they go into a hospital that is up to date with the most current stuff, that could get a little sticky. So we try to keep all of our surveyors and, and the people who are um, behind the scenes auditing re the reports that we write and stuff updated on the most current technology, education and stuff like that. But it is difficult to follow because it's happening so fast. So does it happen to you when you come, you kind of try to certify, but whatever process is already outdated and you learn from the customer, does it happen? In that does happen. That does happen. I think that's going to always happen because we're a small organization compared to like the size of your organization. And we can send uh, people to conferences and educational places or uh, educational webinars and stuff every single day and then they wouldn't be out surveying so we do get a little behind and sometimes we do learn from our clients or we learn from consultants who were at our clients and they said oh your surveyor said this but that's not right yeah we gotta we gotta improve and that. something that specifically i find uh, fascinating in houston methodist is that we have adoption of new technology and we have redesign of care pathways and this is happening you know in real time so i'm wondering you know when your teams comes to certify a forward thinking organization do they come with humility and uh, really a desire to learn or do they come with like you need to follow one two three four five six seven eight and if not we're going to hold you in non-conformity Okay, our, our teams are um, trained to be collaborative. Uh, we're, not coming in, we're not coming in looking for blood or anything like that. Uh, we're coming in to see what you're doing right. We want to know your system and what you're doing. Like I said earlier, we'll find things you're doing wrong in the process. But no, our teams don't come in and say, one, two, three, if you're doing these things, if you're not doing these things in this order, you're doing them wrong, then you're going to get a nonconformity. Uh, when we identify nonconformities, we like to sit down and talk about those to ensure that what we're seeing is actually a nonconformity. Um, somebody told me the other day it, it might look like blood, but it's really ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we, we try to make sure that everything's right. We, we don't want to write a nonconformity uh, and miss something, you know, if, if, because once we write it and we leave the facility, it's in the report. Yeah, one thing that, you know, it's, I think that you get to see many hospitals, you, your teams get to see many organizations. So one benefit is that you can also advise and say, you know, here, I just visited last week, Houston Methodist West, and I saw this and this, and that was fantastic. You guys say that, or you are kind of holding your clients in confidentiality? No, no we love to share experiences. We, uh, like I said earlier, we can't consult, but we can educate and we can share what we see at other facilities around the country or even the world because we are we do certify and accredit around the world. But we like to share those experiences because when we find something that stands out 
and your system has a lot of things that stand out. I agree. We share those and uh, we, we encourage people to get in touch with the other facilities and uh, find out how they're doing it. Uh, but, but there's, there's so many things that we share uh, that we see around the country. Uh, some things that are so small, but they make a huge difference. And it really helps to share that because that I think is what is getting the number down for harm in hospitals. Fantastic. Well, I have to say just in my lifetime as a physician, I've seen a huge change in these accreditation and certification organization where how they come and how they treat uh, the customer uh, really from finding blame to collaboratively solving problems for the patients. And we are all here to keep our patients safer and deliver the highest quality of care. So you talked about hospital certification, but the majority of healthcare now, right now is delivered outside the walls of the hospital in clinics, ambulatory cares, ambulatory surgical centers, anything that you do, you're doing, you, your organization in that arena? Yeah, actually, we uh, at, at the uh, end of last year, we got uh, permission to move forward with our ambulatory surgery center uh, demonstration surveys so that we can get deeming authority from CMS to accredit ambulatory surgery centers. So we've got uh, three of those demonstration surveys completed now. We've got two more to do. And once we do that, we'll submit the results to CMS and then wait for their final approval. Then we'll start accrediting ambulatory surgery centers. Fantastic. Well, you, we at Houston Methodist are opening our first ambulatory surgical center this year. So perhaps, you know, see who finishes first. Yeah. If that, you, invite, be, inviting you to, to survey. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be great to see. Fantastic. Well, Mr. Kelly Proctor, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you very much for being our first guest on this Quality Time podcast. Really enjoyed having you. Thank you. It was an honor. I appreciate the invitation and look forward to more. And thank you for listening. Quality Time is a part of Houston Methodist Leading Medicine series of physician-led podcasts. So that you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed our conversation today, please consider rating this episode and sharing it with your colleagues. I appreciate your support. Thank you. And until next time, I am always listening. Listening.